Welcome back to another episode of Search, Ponder, and Pray, a podcast where we uh, try to follow the come follow, loosely follow the come follow me outline given out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and where we strive to uh, apply the scriptures into our daily lives. Um, if you're still listening faithfully, I, I thank you for that. And as like I've said before, um, all the opinions here are ex- expressed by are expressed by me, and they do not reflect are not reflective of the church's opinion on any on any matters. Um, you can see this. You can see the disclaimer in the in the about section of the podcast. Um, I hope you you're enjoying this. Um, I'm not doing this to make money or anything. It's simply just a way for me to study the scriptures a little bit better and and hopefully to to help guide and get more people interested in in the scriptures as well. So um, today is going to be a little bit shorter. Um, I'm a little bit behind on my schedule uh, today, and also there, um, I'm not trying to to denigrate chapters five and six, but it's a lot of the same. So I, I you know I'm, I'm going to try to avoid beating a dead horse too much. But obviously, it's important if the Lord um, had it first written down and then asked us to read it again um, through the through His prophets through the Come Follow Me schedule. So, um, before we get started, let's, as usual, start with a word of prayer, and we'll get going. Our dear Father in heaven, we are so grateful for this day, and we are grateful for the opportunities that thou hast given unto us. We thank thee for thy spirit and the health and energy that is given unto us, that we might um, be a blessing to those around us. Help us to see those ways in which thou hast called us to bless our fellow man. Help us to strive to come closer to thee. We are grateful for thy patience with us, Father, and the chance we have to obtain forgiveness every day. Please forgive us, Father. Please help us to come closer to Thee. Help us to let go of our sins and the ways of the world that we might draw nearer, that we might be more like Thee. And we pray for these things ever as a humbly Father, in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So like I said, um, chapters 5 and 6 are a lot lot of the same. Um, And I think the reason for it is the Lord is really trying to get home he's really trying to get through to the to the israelites what is coming and trying to express to them that it's not too late that they can still come back excuse me that they can still come back and that they can um that repentance is possible and he's trying he's trying to get through to them in any way that he possibly can. So let's just jump right into chapter 5. Hear ye this word which I take up against you, even a lamentation, O house of Israel. The virgin of Israel is fallen. She shall no more rise. She is forsaken upon her, her land. There is none to raise her up. For thus saith the Lord God, The city that went out by a thousand shall leave an hundred, and that which went forth by an hundred shall leave by ten to the house of Israel. Once again, we see um, this, like I said yesterday, it's it's interesting to see that the same um, imagery is used as um, 
a virgin that is, or a or a woman, or a or a spouse that is no longer faithful, uh, that is that is left. And God is God is telling you, you know, you may think that oh we're so mighty and powerful, and there's so many of us, but He says right here. You, you may have come in by the thousand, but you're going to go out by the hundreds. And if you've came in by the hundreds, you're going to go out by tens. By a factor of ten, the people of Israel will be reduced, which is a big deal. But thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye, seek ye me, and ye shall live. But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal. And pass not to Beersheba, for Gilgal will surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come out not come to naught. Seek the Lord, and ye shall live, lest ye break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it. There be none to quench it in Bethel. Seek seek the Lord, and ye shall live. Oh, sorry, read that one already. Let's jump over to seven. Ye who turn judgment to wormwood, and leave off righteousness in the earth, seek him that maketh the seven stars and Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into morning, and maketh and maketh the day dark with night, that calleth for, for the waters of the sea, and poureth them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. That strengthen the spoiled against the strong, so that the spoiled shall come against the fortress. They hate him that, rebuke in the, that rebuketh in the gate, and they abhor him that speaketh uprightly. For inasmuch therefore, for as much therefore as your treading is upon the poor, and ye take from him burdens of wheat, ye have built houses of hewn stone, but ye shall not dwell in them. Ye have planted pleasant vineyards, but ye shall not drink wine of them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict, they afflict the just, they take a bribe, and they turn aside the poor in the gate from their right. Therefore the prudent shall keep silence in that time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that ye may live, so the Lord God of hosts shall be with you, as ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good, and establish judgment in the gate. It may be the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. Therefore therefore the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord that saith thus, Wailing shall be in the streets, they shall say in the highways, Alas, alas, and they shall call the husbandmen to mourning, and such as are skillful of lamentation to wailing, and, and, and in all the vineyards shall be wailing. For I will pass through thee, saith the Lord. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. As if a man did flee from a lion and, and a bear met him, or went into a house, and leaned his hand on a wall, and a serpent bit him. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark, and no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. But let judgment run down as master, as run down as waters, and righteousness as a mighty stream. Ye have offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel. But ye have borne the tabernacle of your, of your Moloch and Shion, your images 
the star of your God, which ye have made unto yourselves. Therefore will I cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, saith the Lord, whose name, whose name is the Lord of hosts. Is the God of hosts, sorry. So let's jump over to the Old Testament student manual and just kind of see what it, say, it says about the, that really big section. Um, I just kind of, I wanted to read it all and kind of, kind of get a good overview of kind of what the Lord is saying, partially because that's um, what this large section in the Old Testament student manual is going to talk about, and partially because it's, um, we can pull those those smaller things out and kind of look at them, and maybe, and maybe we'll jump back and kind of just glance over it once more, but I wanted to get a kind of overarching view of it for this section. So in section 8-13 in the Old Testament student manual, um, it says, Here the Lord appeal, appealed to the fallen to fallen Israel to repent and mend her evil ways. Seek ye, seek me, and ye shall live. This message is the same for every generation of people. The Lord wants to be a personal God to his faithful, obedient children. It is not too late for Israel to repent. So this is something I feel like we've been talking about a lot in the past few days and maybe even last week, that God does want to be a personal God to us. He doesn't want to say, he's not trying to fill up a quota and say, well, I need, I need X amount of people to be righteous and then you guys can all ride the boat together and, you know, over to the promised land. That's not what he's saying. God wants to be a personal God. He wants to know that you want to repent. Yes, he wants the rest of the world to repent as well. But he wants you to come to him. I think sometimes we get so caught up with all these little things that we need to be doing. Oh, am I doing this? Am I doing that? What am I doing? Am I, am I, you know, whether it's things that that are of the world that we know are of the world, like you know, get, going to different games for the kids, going to doing different uh, extracurricular things, doing um, different meetings for work, trying to get a garden going at home, trying to start a business, trying to do all these different little things, whatever it may be. They start to fill up our time and t pull us away. And at the same time, as we'll talk about a little bit later, sometimes the spiritual checklist that we think we have to go through before we can, before we can meet with God gets in the way. And while we must have the saving ordinances to, be, to receive salvation and exaltation, God is more interested in your personal well-being. Like he said earlier, uh, back in a previous chapter, rend your heart and not your garments. I would prefer your obedience. I would prefer your spirit and your, your mind and a willing heart over the sacrifices. I would, I would prefer that you take the time to make it meaningful, to say a true prayer, and to plead with me, and to talk to me. Not to say some rote thing just so you can check off, that, yep, I said my prayers this morning. God wants us to spend time with him. Just like maybe an, an elderly parent or a grandparent might be sitting there waiting for someone to come visit. 
and they don't want someone to come visit just to say, okay, we visited them. That's good. We can check that off. We, we, we were there for an hour. You know, we're, we're good. We were there for half an hour. Done. We're good for another another two weeks. Nobody wants that. People want to know that you care about them. And the Lord is the same way. Do we honestly care about him? Because he honestly cares about us. Failure to do so, to repent, however, would result in situation like that of a man running from a lion only to meet a bear. Neither would various sacrificial offerings help unless true repentance followed. Of what avail would, would feasts, solemn assemblies, burnt and meal offerings be in the worship in the worship of a righteous God when their hearts and minds were evil and their actions toward their less fortunate brethren were unjust? All of this outward display was unavailing. And Amos cries out for justice in the two lines that have become famous. But let justice, but let justice well up as waters, and righteousness as a perennial stream. This clarion call to repentance is one of the finest of all times. When has it happened for you? Maybe you've had a recent experience. Maybe you're having this experience. Maybe it's a little more uh, distant. But I'm sure that we've all had this experience where we are doing our best to close the door on those feelings of guilt, of something we know we should be doing or something that we're not doing or something that we shouldn't be doing. We know that this is wrong, and we can see that it's wrong, and we're trying our best to keep the doors closed. We're trying to hide from it. And here, but let justice well up as waters, and righteousness as a perennial stream. Sometimes, sometimes when you come out of a dark room, into the bright light of the noonday sun, it hurts, and you have to you have to close your eyes and, and adjust. Repentance is an adjustment period of trying to bring your life back into line with God's, trying to line up your will with God's will. It takes time, it takes effort. If we are willing to do that, we can have an abundance of joy. That guilt will wash over us, and we will soon see that the guilt that we were so afraid of overwhelming us and drowning us was in fact the cleansing waters that we needed to, to bathe in to be free of our sins. Now, as Paul said, we should not wallow in our sin, or wallow in our, in our guilt, or in our, in our sorrow. And there's a difference between humbly seeking the will of the Lord and inflicting pain and suffering upon ourselves 
for the outward appearance so that others may see, oh, he must be a very, a very humble person and a very, and a very contrite person. He's seeking, he's seeking the Lord and he, he, he is trying his best to, to humble himself and he's punishing himself. Let the Lord deal with that. You turn toward the Lord and strive your best to fulfill the commandments and to do your best. Don't brag about what sins you're repenting from. Don't brag about how humble you have become. If you've been promiscuous, don't brag about, oh, you know, I've been promiscuous and I'm, I've repented of that. And because of, because of my promiscuity, I have to, I have to do these certain things. And, you know, I, I just have to, to, to do this. And I, I, I can't, I just, I just, I'm just, I was just so wicked. I just can't, I can't have this anymore. I don't imagine that the anti-Nephi Lehi's uh, who buried their weapons went about all the time talking about, well, you know, we were just, we were just so evil. We were just so evil. And then we buried our weapons. And so now we just, we just, we just can't fight anymore at all. We just don't have our weapons anymore, you know, because, uh, you know, we, you know, we, 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 we repented and, and, and we, we're just, we're, we're doing our best. We're doing our best now, you know. Don't look back upon your sin, whether it be to brag or to boast, or whether it be to beat yourself again. Let God deal with the punishment. He will deal it out. And if you know of someone else who has sinned, who has repented, or is repenting. Once again, let God deal with the punishment. If the Spirit leads you to do something, and you are certain that the Lord has asked you down a path, then you should follow it. But, let God handle the forgiveness and repentance of each individual person. He wants to be our personal God. And if we will allow him to do so, justice shall well up as waters and righteousness as a perennial stream. All right, let's jump over to chapter six real quick. It's a short chapter. This one kind of call, pulls on a, a theme that is talked about in some other places right from the very get-go. Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the, the house of Israel came. Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. I'm sure you've heard that one before. So a lot of times, this is, a, this is an issue that the people of um, Judah had as well during the time of Jeremiah, they felt like, well, because we are God's chosen people, because we have, um, we have received help in the past, we're going to receive help again. 
are we're 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 too powerful. We are too powerful for anyone to come up against. We are God's chosen people. No one can can defeat us. Well, that's all fine and, and dandy. But are you putting your trust in the fact that you're God's chosen people, or are you putting your trust in God? Are you saying, well, we're members of the church, so we're going to be just fine? Or are you saying, I have a personal relationship with the Lord, and he'll lead us and guide us and make sure that we're okay? I hope that you can see the difference in that. I imagine you can. Just because... You live in a righteous area just because you might reside in Zion. Just because you live by the temple, perhaps, doesn't mean that everything that will come your way will be good and protected and worthy. The battle goes on. You can't imagine that just because you're in a certain geographical area. Oh, this 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 area is time. This is this is safe. This is the safe zone right here. This is the safe zone. So it, I, it doesn't. You can't get me. You can't get me, Satan. Sorry, I'm in the safe zone now. The only safe zone is if we are, if we have our faces turned towards God. And even then, the, the, the question I would pose to you is, okay, let's say you're in the temple. Let's say you're, you're in the middle of sacrament meeting and a thought comes into your mind, a temptation a thought that it's not from God. Well, I'm in the temple. I wouldn't have those kind of thoughts. So you're going to tell me that you, who are a fallen and unworthy creature, we all are, don't, don't be upset, we all are, that you, a fallen and unworthy creature, are better than the Lord Jesus Christ after he had fasted to gain spiritual strength for 40 days. He had been fasting and communicating with God for 40 days. And at probably what was either the peak or just after the peak of that spiritual experience for the Lord, Satan himself came and tempted him three times in some of the most grievous manners. So you're going to tell me that your spiritual power in the temple is so strong that it blasts away all unrighteous and evil powers. I would caution you if you have such thoughts because that is false security. You are not putting your trust in the Lord. You are putting your trust in yourself. 
and if you're anything like me, I know that I am not to trust myself. I am weak. I am flippant. I am forgetful. I am rash. Because we are all fallen. We are all. We all have the natural man that we must overcome. And therefore, we can only put our trust in the arm of God and not in the arm of flesh. Be that our own flesh, be that our parents' flesh, be that the prophet's flesh, be that anyone else's. If you put your trust in the arm of flesh, it will fail you. It will. Pass ye into Kalna and see, in verse 2, And from thence go ye to Hamath, the great, and then go to Gath of the Philistines. Be they better than these kingdoms, on their border greater than your border? Ye that put far away the evil day, and cause the seat of violence to come near, that lie upon beds of ivory, and stretch themselves upon their couches, and eat the lambs out of the flock, and the calves out of the midst of the stall, that chant the sound of the vial, and invent to themselves instruments of music, like David, that drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the chief ointments, but they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Therefore now shall they go captive with the first that go captive, and the banquet of them that stretch themselves shall be, shall be removed. The Lord God hath sworn by himself, saith the Lord, saith the Lord God of hosts, I abhor the excellency of Jacob, and hate his palaces. Therefore I will deliver up the city with all that is therein. And it shall come to pass that if there remain ten men in one house, that they shall die. And a man's uncle shall take him up, and he that burneth him to bring out the bones out of the house shall say unto him, that is by the sides of the house, Is there yet any with thee? And he shall say, No. They shall say, Hold thy tongue, for we may not make mention of the name of the Lord. For behold, the Lord commandeth, and he will smite the great houses with, with breaches, and the little houses with clefts. Shall horses run upon the rock? Will, will one plough plow therewith oxen? For ye have turned a judgment into gall, and the fruit of righteousness into hemlock. Ye which rejoice in the thing of naught, which say, Have we not taken unto us horns by our own strength? But behold, I will raise up against you a nation, O house of Israel, saith the Lord God of hosts. They shall afflict you with, from the entering in to Hamath unto the river of the wilderness. So right there, kind of journeying forward with that thought of trusting in the arm of flesh, these people had stretched themselves out. They were enjoying living lavish lives, had forgotten the Lord, were doing whatever they felt like. Because why not? We're, we're strong. We're a great nation. No one can come up against us. We are powerful. We are unstoppable. We can't be, we can't be hurt. We're, the, we're God's chosen people. Even though <clears throat> we don't really follow God. In verse 13, ye, ye which rejoice in a thing of naught. Do you understand that that car that you, you're so proud of, that you're so excited to get, this fancy car, 
It's going to stop working. It's going to break down. And one day the joy that you feel in it will be gone. And you'll be on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Always being led along that, oh, it's a little bit better. It's a little bit better. Just come, you gotta just work a little bit harder. Just come on, come along. Put, invest a little bit more in Babylon. Just, it'll get better. It'll get better. It's a similar idea to the great and spacious building that there's no foundation to it. It's floating in the air. There's no, there's no substance to it. There's nothing real. Nothing actually real. The things of this world, I would postulate, are not real. They are real in a sense. Yes, if you cut yourself with a knife or whatever, you stick your hand in fire, it's going to burn you. Yes. The consequences are real. But none of this is coming with us into the eternities. You rejoice in a thing of naught. Have we not taken uh, taken to us horns by our own strength? Remember we talked about horns and the power that they symbolize. They're claiming to have taken power. Look what I've done. I've created this, this business. I have invested this money and have made all this money. I have gone to school and got this degree and I am powerful now because of it. Because I went out and I labored for it. The Lord will not discount your labor in doing such things. But if we fail to recognize His hand in helping us get those things, they will blow away on the wind like ash. And we will be left empty and barren bereft of our glorious things. Our houses, the great houses, will be smitten with breaches and the little houses with clefts. You'll try to make things right and they just, they will keep falling apart and you won't know why. Why can't it work? Why won't... I, I've... I wanted this this new job. I wanted to get to, to have a million dollars. I wanted to have this new car. I wanted to to sleep with this this woman who I'm not married to. I wanted to do these these things. I wanted to look at these pictures. I wanted to do these different things, but it doesn't matter how much I try and and get more and more. The more I try, things just fall apart or when I do get them, they I'm happy for a small moment and then it's emptiness again. Because it's not real. It's not really important. What's really important is your relationship with your family, your relationship with the Lord most of all. The Lord doesn't want us to live in poverty. That's not a requirement for righteousness. He tells us in, in Jacob. But before ye seek for riches, seek ye for the kingdom of God. 
and after that, if ye seek for riches, ye shall find them. If ye seek them for the intent, with the intent to do good, to clothe the naked and to feed the hungry, to liberate the captive, and minister to relief to the sick and the afflicted, God will grant you those blessings. But if he blesses you with them before you're ready, before your mind is solely upon him, before you can fully keep your eye on him, it will be a curse and a scourge. For it, as the Lord saith, it is easier for a, for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. That is not saying that money is evil and that you should not have money. What it is saying is that the heart of man gets greedy fast and we get excited by money and we get excited by treasure and we get excited by those things and we seek after them if that wasn't so gambling wouldn't be an issue the lottery wouldn't be a thing but it is because as fallen men we seek power we seek ease And the interesting thing is, the Lord is offering both of those things. Power in the priesthood. To sit, on, sit with him on the throne. Take up my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, saith the Lord. He's offering us power and ease. Those things that we so desire. But we have to do it the right way. I testify that there is a right way. That the Lord is seeking to give it to us. The Lord wants us to have all those blessings that we most desire. But in His way and at the proper time once we are ready for them. I testify that the work to gain them will be more satisfying and more glorious than any labor that we can pursue. I testify that as we seek the Lord's guidance in our lives, it may not come in the way we think, but we will get it. We will gain His help. The Lord will never leave us alone. Because as he said, he seeks to be a personal God. He wants to walk with you daily. I testify that he lives and that he loves you and that we can all come back to him. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.